I think in, in summary, we can see why it's, it's such a, a pertinent topic, but also the education piece that as lawyers, I think needs to happen for, for all of the reasons that I've mentioned. everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast Series. My name's Camilla and I'm a trainee solicitor at Shakespeare Martineau, which is a law firm in London, and I'm going to be your host for today. In today's episode, we're joined by Charlotte Riley, Director at CSS Assure, which is an organisation that provides information security consultancy services in areas including cybersecurity, cyber resilience and GDPR. CSS Assure is part of the AMPA group, um, which Shakespeare Martineau also sits under, and we are collaborating on this episode to bring you information that will hopefully help you in your careers as lawyers. Charlotte is a skilled security leader with 15 years of IT and information security experience. During her career, Charlotte has supported the MOD, the MOJ, the UK government, NATO, and leading Fortune 200 organizations in a broad range of security programs. So she is an absolute um, expert at cybersecurity, and it's going to be really interesting to pick her brain during this episode. In this episode, we are going to be examining what the importance of cybersecurity is and why cybersecurity is a concern for law firms and what firms and employees can do to prevent security incidents. So without further ado, let's hand over to Charlotte. Thank you for joining us in today's episode, Charlotte. It's great to have you here. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thanks for the um, wonderful introduction and looking forward to talking to you about all things cybersecurity. Absolutely. No, you've got a fantastic um, experience. So um, I'd like to maybe kick off the episode with um, finding out a little bit more about why cybersecurity is such a hot topic at the moment in the legal industry. Yeah, of course. So it's become such a critical topic, I think, or um, believe, because of a few factors. So we can start with compliance, regulatory compliance. Of course, in the legal world, this is this is extremely important, um, both from an SRA point of view and um, from a, a legal GDPR um, point of view. So um, operating in, in a regulated environment, of course, these things need to be taken really seriously. The implications are, are high. Um, so looking at specific data protection and privacy regulations, um, of course, we've got we've got to manage um, data breaches and, and all the things that go along with those in, in the correct way. So, of, of course, this would be really high profile for, for a law firm. The 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 data that um, that the legal sector manages um, and processes uh, is is of abs- of of absolute sensitivity um, and really the core of what what a law firm does, of course. 
Um, so for client data to go missing, for it to be stolen, this would be taken seriously both by the SRA um, and the, the regulators in the in the UK and the ICO, um, but also um, it would impact your clients and therefore the reputation of the firm. So that's that's massive. Um, and, and I think as a, for the sector as, as a collective, um, one of one of the most critical things that we should be be looking at and taking seriously. Um, when when it comes to and I just touched on it, um, client confidentiality that that's at, at the core of, of of what the the legal sector does, as, as I've mentioned. Um, so implementing the appropriate security controls um, to make sure that the the correct things are being done um, on the right systems at a, at a policy and technology and and people level um, is of the utmost importance. And then we can come we can come into managing client expectations. So, of course, some of the the, the clients that a law firm will encounter, large organisations, companies, corporations are going to expect the the most robust and and resilient frameworks and approach to to managing client data, and they're going to want that to be demonstrated to them. So the the weight of, of the due diligence that will be expected. Um, and of course, that's not just a paperwork exercise. Those frameworks have to be implemented within, within the company, within the organization. So frameworks such as ISO 27001, um, Cyber Essentials, Cyber Essentials Plus, and, and everything that sits under that, as, as I've just mentioned, that's going to be a lot of policy work, not just not just the, the technical controls that, that go in place. Um, so when you're when you're bidding for work, this this is going to be an important part of it. So it it really is going to affect everybody, not just the technical teams. Um, and then then from there, there is actually supporting clients in their journey, in their cybersecurity journey. So we, we'll talk about it further on in the podcast. But it, it affects every company. So if you're advising a client, um, more than likely, it this topic will come up. And you want to be able to to, to at least advise them in, on the right things, um, what they should be doing to manage their compliance, um, their their resilience journey, or indeed you you might be responding to something that's happened because of, as a result of a cybersecurity attack, some fraud has occurred. They an invoice has been paid incorrectly to the to different people, and you're in litigation. Um, it's it's a topic that I think most people, especially at legal teams, need to be versed in to properly advise their their clients um, or at least refer them to to expert um, support if it's needed. Um, and then from there, we can just talk about, I suppose, how things have changed in the last few years since COVID. Um, more people working from home, especially in professional services, because because we can right. Um, and with that brings different challenges in terms of um, data protection, cybersecurity, home networks, people moving around again, and, and more uh, more devices. Um, this this brings the topic even more to the to the forefront in in terms of its difficulty to to manage it and create, I suppose, the the right working capability for for individuals um, while maintaining appropriate controls 
So there's there are a few challenges out there in terms of how cybersecurity um, is is dealt with, how we how we look after our clients, and and how we also advise our clients um, in in the round. So I think in in summary, we can see why it's it's such a, a pertinent topic, but also the education piece that as lawyers. I think needs to happen for for all of the reasons that I've mentioned. So fascinating, you know. I I think it's not always obvious on face value that cybersecurity is so pervasive, but you know how you just explained it is is really interesting, and you can really see how it affects everything from reputation to attracting and advising clients and and the regulatory aspects as well, and as well as the the other. Um, aspects that you mentioned so yeah that's really insightful thank you for going into that in so much detail for the past four years I have been very lucky in the sense that I have had the shoulders of friends and family to sob on and unfortunately for them to vent at whilst I have been under pressure and stress from university deadlines and whilst going through the gruelling process of training contract applications and interviews. They have been my unofficial therapists and during tough times have reminded me that there is always light at the end of the tunnel. But it's not always possible to rely on a friend or family member to help you through difficult times, especially if they are not trained therapists. And sometimes speaking to somebody outside of your family or friendship circle is a better option anyway. If you're going through stressful times, looking to improve the quality of your life, vent or need somebody to remove the weight of the world from your shoulders, BetterHelp, the sponsor of today's podcast, may be right for you. BetterHelp is the largest therapy platform in the world and it changes the way people approach their mental health and helps them tackle life's challenges by providing accessible and affordable care. The therapists at BetterHelp are qualified to help you through everything from daily stresses to anxiety, relationships, depression, addictions, eating, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem and much more. After you sign up, BetterHelp will match you to a therapist who fits your objectives, preferences and the type of issues that you are dealing with. So whilst a friend or family member, aka an unofficial therapist, is great to speak to, therapists on BetterHelp include psychologists, family therapists, licensed clinical social workers and licensed professional counsellors. Visit www.betterhelp.com forward slash TSL for 10% off your first month. That's www.betterhelp.com forward slash TSL for 10% off of your first month. I know that I'm looking forward to using BetterHelp to help me get through the SQE when I start it next year. What other businesses should be most concerned about cybersecurity and why? So all businesses, really, regardless of their size or industry, should be concerned about cybersecurity. Um, but it, it all is linked to uh, to their risk profile. So, of course, a smaller organization that is is managed is really has a low amount of data. It's not sensitive. Their operations wouldn't be affected if their systems were to be hit by a ransomware attack. These things can affect them, but their risk profile isn't as high. But then you start to look at financial institutions, healthcare organizations, law firms, we've just talked about that, um, that they're they're more at risk because of the type of, of 
clients that they have, the type of data that they carry, the, the way their operations run. Um, so, for example, we can look at critical infrastructure. If, if a cyber attack were to happen um, to an energy company and they were no, no longer able to supply the grid, for example, that's affected them in, in several ways. They can no longer op- operate, so they're losing money. The reputational, reputational damage, we just talked about um, how that can affect an organization. Um, they, they're not able to access data, so that potentially their systems are offline. It can absolutely sideline a company for an amount of time that we, we can't actually guess how long it would take to recover. And then it starts to affect clients. So if, if those clients are, are end users, so people haven't got electricity, um, an L, a, a section of the critical infrastructure isn't working, you can start to see the impact or, or think about the impact. So on top of that, technology companies, people, companies that heavily rely on technology it's they're in the same boat so it applies to everybody but it's really about understanding um the risk profile of an organization absolutely and you know i think it's it's often in the news i mean i saw recently that there was an airline and other um sort of retail businesses which have been targets recently yes anyone who processes payments could potentially be a target because of that financial sensitive information that hackers, I'm sure, would love to get their hands on. Absolutely. E- e-commerce and, and retail. So that they're an element of most organizations that have some level of e-commerce, including airlines, right? So that, that payment processing is absolutely a bit prime target. And going back to law firms, what do you think they can be doing to reduce the risks of cyber attacks? So... Really, with with any company, there needs to be a risk assessment. So it goes back to what I just said about a risk profile. So you need to to understand your potential vulnerabilities. And vulnerabilities are really um, opportunities that exist across your your infrastructure, whether that's your technical infrastructure, the way you process, you, you manage processes and policies, um, and from there, you need to look at the the impacts of, of potential threats on those vulnerabilities. So it's it's essentially an, an audit or an assessment to say where are we vulnerable and actually what risks are out there that that could could affect us as an organisation. So it's the same as any risk management, whether it be financial risk management or um, in any other area that 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 you're looking after. You need to understand your risk profile so you can then develop a comprehensive information security program based upon that. So it sounds really complicated, but it's just saying where are we exposed and what should we do about it, what's appropriate, and building out a a security program that addresses processes, technology, and people. So you want your people to be trained. um, You want them to understand how, how they affect risk to the organization um, and, and also use them as a, as a weapon against it, right, to, to, to protect the organization. Uh, in terms of technology, you need the right protections in place to, to look after the highest value um, parts of your, your infrastructure and also to protect your data, of course. And then from a, a policy and process point of view, making sure you're protected from a regulatory point of view, but also 
um, that you are um, you have the correct policies in place and that your your people are educated in those and, and are managing and what they do on a day-to-day basis um, appropriately. That's really interesting. Thank you for going into that. And how does CSS Assure help its clients reduce the risks related to cybersecurity? So our approach or, or the, the way we think about this is it's it's complicated. Not everybody is a technical person. And actually, cybersecurity, we don't believe, is, is a fully technical subject. It, it has an element of that. But this is about having a balanced and pragmatic approach to understanding risk and doing the right things about it. Um, so we we take that balanced and, and pragmatic approach to translating complex topics and subjects to our clients, but also giving them a scalable, approachable um, way to, to manage their cybersecurity, information security, data protection um, concerns. So from anything from a, from a startup where we can provide a helpline all the way to having a, a managed security operations center where we can put technology in place, AI solutions that, that absolutely monitor and respond to, to cybersecurity attacks. And then everything in the middle, you know, from consultancy and policy support um, to, to building out a roadmap or an architecture for, for tech companies that, absolutely, that, that really need the security wrap at the design or the infancy of, of the design of a solution to the point where, where, where they sell in the future. So it's, it's about growing with our clients and also helping them understand their journey um, in terms of creating resilience for their company and feeling well protected. Um, and if anything does happen, helping them respond in the right ways. It sounds like you have um, a really, yeah, a really broad offering there. And um, it seems like something that could be tailored for different different businesses, depending on their needs, um, which sounds really, really good. So, so going back to touch on what you said um, previously about uh, educating employees, um, how do you think that employees of law firms and businesses in general can help the companies that they work for and prevent those cybersecurity attacks? So I, I, I talked briefly about employees being part of your arsenal, right, to, um, to protect against um, cybersecurity attacks. And it, it, it's in simple things. So most organizations, if hopefully are doing some cybersecurity awareness training. If they're not, it's, it's something you can get access to quite quite easily. But it, it, it's in that, it's in awareness. So understanding what a phishing attack looks like, and, and it's not a case of not falling for it. Some of them are very sophisticated, but doing the right checks, putting the right checks and balances in before you open a, um, an attachment that, that might have a um, some malware attached to it um, to understand what a social engineering attack may look like um, and protecting yourself against that. Don't don't make yourself a target. So, in terms of social media, if if you're very active, you're a senior member or or, or even just a, a member of a law firm, and from there somebody is able to target you. Be aware of what those those attacks might look like, and so we we all whiz through this kind of training, um, but it's it's actually really important. So we're all busy 
just just take the time and and take the the, the due diligence to to make sure that you're doing the right things. Um, being safe on the internet, I know the easy thing to say is what does that mean? And again, I think it's just in diligence, um, thinking before you, you you do something. And then I think reporting. So if if something looks wrong, if it, if it looks um, potentially suspicious, just report it and get the support that you need from um, from your compliance teams internally. Those are really helpful tips. Um, and I was quite interested, you mentioned social engineering attack. I haven't come across that term before. Um, are you able to just provide a little bit of an explanation about what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So social engineering attack, sometimes it's it's tailored to the individual, sometimes not. Um, but it's if you're thinking about the way a, a hacker would try and gain entry into an organization. A phishing attack is, is very simple. It can be quite generic. We, we just send it by email. Actually, a social engineering attack is understanding something about the, the target. So say if you wanted to target a HR director um, within, within a company, then one, you'd find some HR directors. You would get some information about that person. You might even get their phone number. You might you might understand something about them and then you launch your attack um, using that information so it could be I know that this person shops online at you know such a such a website because you've you've found that out through some um, through some research and then you you launch a tailored attack um, on that person um, with reference to something that you know about them so it's much more believable does that does that make sense yeah, it does. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's quite scary, isn't it, to know that there are people out there. And sometimes you think, oh, it's easy to notice if someone is, uh, you know, trying to um, launch a cyber attack. You know, we sometimes we think it's just, oh, click this dodgy link here and, it, and it's really obvious. But it, it is definitely worrying that people are going to these lengths to impersonate other people. And, you know, you really have to be diligent, like you said earlier. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, it, it's really leveraging personal information that's that's out there about you. So a, a way to mitigate that, of course, is to to be aware of what you're sharing, posting, historic social media data that that's out there but also if if something does look legitimate still still having that awareness um of would this person normally send me this is there something suspicious about this communication um because hackers attackers can leverage phone calls you know they can pretend to be your bank because they know where your bank that kind of thing and i'm not saying be no one should be living in in fear i think it's just being aware and, and and taking your time before taking action and what do you think are the most common mistakes or just mistake perhaps that is made in relation to cyber security so if we take that from from two i suppose points of view i think at an individual level it seems so simple um but passwords we it's it's boring it's talked about a lot but it, it's it, it's a if we take a physical security point of view it's it's a window 
um, lock, you know, that it's it's a window that's just been left open. So a lot of the systems that we use are externally facing. What, when I, what I mean is connected to the internet. So if, if, a, if a password is already known or it's been stolen, you know, in a data breach and it's the same across um, everything that you use or the platforms that you use, then that's a very easy route in. Um, so password hygiene or path, as we call it, or um, having a pas- password management solution and then multi-factor authentication. You know, you'll all have seen, I think most people have seen it on their banks where they they have to um, put in a code via an authenticator or it's come from, from, from a text message. Um, that extra layer stops um, hackers getting in from the internet as such. So just really be aware of, of your password management, start to start to think about it, start to change them. And then at a company level, and I think this goes for all sizes of, of companies, actually, assuming that your IT team or say an external IT provider is managing your cybersecurity for you. Um, that's, I think it's, it's a very common mistake that I come across when I, I speak to organizations and I, I ask them to explain, you know, what their cyber security information security program is and what's the strategy. And actually it's, it's, it's an assumption that somebody else is, is managing for them. You know, it's not contractually bound. It's not supported. So really my, my advice is a risk management information security strategy and program should be created and driven from the board um, it should be part of your overall risk management approach, as, as I've, I've mentioned earlier. And from there, you you get the appropriate stakeholders involved, the technical teams, the compliance teams, and such to make sure you're doing the appropriate things at the right times. And I'm sure that will give um, our listeners plenty to think about in terms of password hygiene. Um, and it was really interesting to learn about the uh, the common mistake at uh, at an organisational level as well. Um, and, and what risks do you predict will develop in the future relating to cybersecurity? So we 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 kicked off with talking about compliance, um, especially for in the legal sector. Um, I think that's going to grow, and the and the burden of it, both in resource and financially, is going to grow as well. Um, Right now we have we have GDPR. It's it's got more teeth um, than it did when it initially came in. But I think that's going to have more weight. And I think there will be the others that come. Um, and they already are emerging in in different sectors as as, as appropriate. From from there, I think we're straight into and this has a, this has a compliance flavor as well into AI um, and machine learning. So. Both from a hacking point, a hacker's point of view, AI and machine learning attacks are going to get more sophisticated, more sophisticated and more persistent. So, um, using the power of of those solutions to attack more things, to automate them, to make phishing attacks more realistic, this is going to happen, and we need to be ready and prepared to to respond to that in kind. And then actually. AI as as a capability for for organizations, we we can see how much is is happening since ChatGPT came online, how many uh, apps are being built, how many integrations are being done. Um, 
bills are being passed and, and compliance is coming for that. So we need to get ahead of it, um, understand it, and, and again, be able to respond and, and do compliance and security by design for those solutions. I think as well is, is relevant um, to that is ransomware evolution. So whether it's using AI or it's just that these programs are becoming more sophisticated um, and also knowing how to get around loopholes, not actually releasing data or de-encrypting when, when ransoms have been paid, um, we can probably see, see more of that emerging. A couple of other points probably to note are cloud security challenges. I, I think most people will have observed that most solutions that they use now, most platforms, most applications are cloud hosted. You can access it from, from, from the internet. And this might not mean a, a huge amount to, to everybody, but for, for internal teams or people that are built clients that are building solutions in the cloud, Again, there can be an assumption that it's secure, right? Because you're using a cloud provider, AWS, um, Microsoft, um, Azure, and such. That's not actually the case. Um, and you still, as, a, as, a, as an organization, need to be on top of security and, and embed cloud security into your overall strategy. And then lastly, I think we can talk about supply chain. Even in the, the legal sector, there is a reliance on all of the all, all of the applications I just talked about um, in terms of supporting solutions or um, suppliers in in for, for many things. They absolutely, if even if you think you've got the most robust and um, resilient security program suppliers, partners um, bring risk. And so it's about due diligence um, in understanding that that risk and doing the appropriate things to protect yourselves, um, even with trusted partners. That's really interesting. And it's, um, yeah, it's the whole AI element to, um, uh, you know, the risks that, that come along with, with AI developing as rapidly as it is. Um, must mean that you, you're kept very busy um, with with clients, uh, you know, trying to keep on top of that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting time for techno technological developments, but I suppose with that comes an increase in in risk. Um, so I think it's a very interesting time at the moment. Absolutely, I think all emerging technologies, and I think when we say emerging technologies um that would have been a few at a time you know um a, a few years ago but now it, it feels like we are steamrolling along um with ai being uh, attached to that that development streak i think we're going to see more and more interesting functional technology come out but um with that it, of course, is the associated risk, and we, we need to understand that um, and protect ourselves properly. Of course. Well, thank you very much, Charlotte. It's been a really insightful um, episode. It, it's been great to have you on the show and to find out more about um, cybersecurity and you know what we can do um, as potential employees of law firms to um you know to assist with keeping the data secure um like you said earlier in the episode um 
law firms and and other businesses are prime targets for um, cybersecurity uh, attacks because of the sensitive data that they hold. Um, So, yeah, it's something that we obviously all have to keep on top of. um, And it's something that's high on the agenda for law firms. Um, So hopefully this will be of some use to aspiring lawyers who are uh, making applications to law firms at the moment. Because I think knowing what uh, law firms' uh, pain points are is uh, going to help you out in in the long run. So, yeah, thank you. I think it's been a fantastic episode. Um, And thank you to all of the listeners as well for tuning in. Um, Please do leave us a review on um, Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the episodes or if you've got any comments. Um, But until next time, goodbye. and, And thank you, Charlotte, for joining us. Thanks so much. And we'll also leave links to CSS Ashore in the description box of the podcast. So if you'd like to find out more about them and what they do, you can um, head on over to their website. Until next time, goodbye. To hear more of the Student Lawyers podcast, hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join The Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. Don't forget that if you're looking for a way to remove the weight of the world from your shoulders, the therapists at BetterHelp are qualified to help you through your daily stresses. Just visit www.betterhelp.com forward slash TSL for 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com forward slash TSL for 10% off of your first month.